welcome to our story. Uh, it's a crazy story. One that I think might blow your mind a little bit. Story full of hope and hopelessness. A great, amazing, miraculous power of God and amazing deceit of the devil. A lot of manipulation, some joy, some love, some spiritual abuse, some adultery. Yeah, that's part of it. Not between us, though. Let's just make that clear. (laughs) We'll give you that secret. (laughs) (laughs) We've been faithful. Uh, What else, Car? I I think that's a good start. Well, I'm Ben. And I'm Carly. And to start the story, um, I think we should start at the end of the first journey. Yeah. The, uh, the end, maybe the beginning of the end of the first journey. There you go. Right when we were about to have our lives take a crazy turn. Um, in the midst of it, I think we were, to give you some background, we were working in full-time ministry in South Central Los Angeles for five years. I'd been there for six, actually, right? Yeah. Yeah. We had been married almost four years at that time, so it was January 2010 at this point. At this point, yeah. We'd been there. Um, We'd given everything we had, and and obviously you'll hear some of the rest of our story as we go on, but at this point we are at a point where we'd given everything we had. We were living on nothing. Um, Sometimes the only thing we had to eat was peanut butter and jelly and tuna and eggs from... Carly's parents and <laughs> extra milk from people who were on WIC. If anyone knows who that is, women, infants, children. People had extra milk, they gave it to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we had been sacrificing everything in our life for this ministry, and um, that sort of brought us to this point. And things were sort of beginning to crumble around us. Yeah, that would be a good take, crumble. (laughs) Um, So let's just jump into this particular story when I personally, I know we've all had times when we felt like God spoken to us, but I think this is probably the most clearly God has spoken to me in my entire life. And in a crazy way, it involved him telling us to leave a church. (laughs) So go figure. (laughs) Um, But at this point, for about two years, I'd been working about 20 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair to say. Yeah, I would I would get home around 3 or 4 in the morning. I'd leave again around 8 or 9 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd see Carly twice a week. Yeah. Eventually, it was once a week on Sundays. We, we had service Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings, and we'd see each other most Sundays and then and usually Wednesdays in the beginning, but then yeah. as it got a little busier and crazier, um, you'd be working during Wednesday yeah, night things, service. So. <laughs> being in full-time ministry, things were more important than going to church. So go figure, right? <laughs> um, but let's just start at this story, and then obviously this is near the end. You'll be able to learn a lot about our story after this, but um, I was coming home from a work day, um, because I was working in ministry, but we were running a couple businesses to try to get money for the ministry, and I walked into the house, and... It was a Wednesday night. A Wednesday night, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
walked in the house and I looked on the couch and I saw my wife sitting on the couch. And I think it had been like this for a while, but for the first time I saw a complete lack of life in her. And we got to realize about Carly, she's extremely strong. I mean, she's a tough one. If anyone knows her, she's a tough one. And she can handle pretty much anything, and and she just keeps going. Um, and that's a testament to her, but I think in some ways it made this journey a little bit harder because she could deal with a lot more than probably some other people could have dealt with. And I walked in, and I looked at her, and she looked like a dead man walking. I mean, (laughs) her face had no life in it. She had no life in her. And it was, it was a scary sight for me. And things had been getting bad for quite a while. And was that the first time you felt like you saw that in me or the first time you maybe allowed yourself to really see that? Cause it was, it wasn't a secret that things weren't great. Yeah. Yeah, that was not a secret. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, we also, maybe you can talk a little bit about um, our communication in our marriage and, and how that played a huge factor in um, th- how things really, I guess, transpired in our marriage and how yeah. to continue to. Well, and I think that's an important part to this story is that we were in a church that was very... Um, don't know how to say this exactly, but I think it's important that when we we talk about our experiences, you got to understand. I I have a degree in youth ministry. I was in ministry. Um, we both love the Bible. We love Jesus. Um, but I think we'll bring up some some questions throughout this time of, and hopefully have some great conversation about what some of this stuff means. Um, our heart was to serve God. Yeah, that was definitely our 100%. heart. That's what we wanted. Um, from the beginning, that was who we were and our desires in all of this. Yeah, so coming back around, we were in a church where that was very male-centric and very male leadership-oriented, which is to not say that's a bad thing, but the the pastor of our church was um, taught me and the other people that were close and the other men in the church that a man leads a household. And it it's not lead the household like Jesus says, lay down your life for your wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's lead your household like you make the decision. You see God, you make the decision, and it's your wife's duty to follow the decision you made from seeking God. So there was never really any conversations or discussions that we had about things to come to a conclusion together or... Um, <clears throat> We didn't ever really even make decisions together. It was something that, you know, you felt that was, you know, you, you would seek the Lord um, and get an answer on something if, if, it, if that's what it required. And you basically, you know, would tell me this is the plan. And um, I didn't even really question that because I, again, we thought we were doing the right thing and wanted to do the right thing. Again, our hearts were wanting to be in the right place and it it 
yeah, it wasn't something I questioned because I trusted that you were doing the right thing. And, um, but that is also very much against (laughs) who I am as a person (laughs) and my personality. I have a little bit of a spitfire, you don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I have quite the opinions and, um, I don't know as much about a strong personality as much as I have. Um, yeah, I, I'm just very like, I don't know what's the word, moral driven, I guess. Justice oriented. Yeah, very justice oriented. <laughs> um, so, so our marriage at this point had been zero conversations about things. We didn't talk things through. If I was having a hard time or having a hard day, it was not something that Ben and I could really talk through. It was more, well, you need to go pray a little bit more and maybe God will show you something. Um, so there wasn't a lot of collaboration. There wasn't a lot of, um, yeah, we just didn't know how to support each other in any way in the true sense of what support is in a marriage. So that's a little context for the the walking moment. dead, <laughs> the walking dead <laughs> sitting on the couch. And, and you, you also had expected to come in to pick me up for church and, and you had expected to see me praying, right? Preparing for service. That was something that was important that we did, um, getting our hearts right, so to speak. I'm using air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No talking on the way to church, please. <laughs> Only praying in the spirit and making sure that you're listening to worship music. Oh my gosh. <laughs> true. It's true. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I was, I think just sitting on the couch, staring straight ahead versus on my knees praying. <laughs> I was too gone to pray at that point. <laughs> yeah. So picking up back in the story, I, I came to pick her up and I ended up going into our bedroom. Um, and, and just falling on my knees and saying, God, now this is the crazy part. Okay. So this is my prayer. It wasn't God, show me your will. God, God what's going on here? I, 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 I wish you could see my mind because this was what I prayed. God, I pray that you show me any time in the Bible that a man actually listens to a woman. <laughs> I mean, what kind of prayer is that when you feel like your wife? But I felt like there was no other way out because there was something going on with her that I needed to involve myself with that I could not do because of my belief that I had to lead my household and make sure that she wasn't being a stumbling block for what God was doing that sound about right yeah 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 yeah. so anyway I go in and and I swear to you I the minute I walked in that room and in my mind was saying that I heard a bible verse clear as day in my head and not a bible verse I'd read all the time not a bible verse that um I had memorized even or knew what it was and I I brushed that aside which will become a theme (laughs) if we listen to the story. (laughs) Holy Spirit speaking, let's not listen. But um, I had brushed that aside over and over and over and and just kept praying, kept praying. And I, not that I always hear God when I pray, but I I was like, I can't, what's going on? I need, and I just kept hearing it. Just kept hearing Genesis. Genesis 21.10, Genesis 21.10. Genesis. Which just feels like such a weird verse to begin with. Like you think like, oh, Psalms or <laughs> Romans or something that, you know, is a little bit more familiar. You think of Genesis like strictly as 
the creation story and yeah, so I, I turned to Genesis twenty one ten finally after probably ten minutes of praying. Just fine, I, you know, I'll gratify whatever my mind is thinking. And and remember, this is when I was praying, God, I pray that you show me some time that a man listens to a woman. And this is what I turned to, Genesis twenty one ten. And this is Sarah and Abraham. And she said, this is Sarah, to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that son woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, do, my, do not be distressed about the boy and your slave woman. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it's through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Now, I, I get it. There's a lot of context to it and a lot of things going on, but it was so clear to me. God said, listen to the woman. There's a version that says, literally, listen to the woman. <laughs> I wrote that version. <laughs> and I just thought, I, I mean, if that's not God speaking, I don't know what else <laughs> And you is. still kind of second-guessed it, right? I did. Like, I, don't I did. I, I thought, do wait, I don't, I don't I know. But, but it's really clear. This. And God says, look, basically, God's saying, she's right. Listen to her. I'm going to bless you through your other son and I'll still take care of Ishmael and everything else but listen to your wife although it might be coming from a weird spot she's telling the truth <laughs> and and I just thought that uh um like that can't be God but it has to be God that I mean it why else would that verse that I had never studied before come to my mind it was so clear to me that God was at least just saying listen to her not necessarily that she knows everything that's right. Not like I took it like, oh, she's going to tell me the truth. And, but it's like, listen to her. At one point, Abraham, <laughs> the father of everything, had to just listen to his wife. So I came out of the, came out of the room from praying. And, and Well, it's also important to note that I was extremely devastated in that moment because two of our very closest friends at the time, had decided that they were going to be leaving the church. They were friends that we went to college with, um, went to this church together, had been basically um, living alongside this journey, and were our sanity and <laughs> our, um, I mean, just, we were each other's rocks, essentially. Um, and <clears throat> to to hear that they were going to be leaving was just devastating. It's devastating because I felt I was losing the only person that really I felt like I could get through this with. You you kind of felt the same, but I was it was like a last straw for me. This life was already so hard. Um it wasn't what I desired for my life and here one of the only good things in it at this point that we felt were our friends that were no longer going to be attending the church. And this church was like family. We did everything together. There was not much of a life outside this church. So this was much more than just friends going to attend another church. This was, (laughs) this was a, a separation of just, yeah, it was major, totally major. You'll understand as we tell through the story, but if someone left the church, it's not like you still hung out with them. Yeah. That I was... mean, there was a clear break 
that they had decided not to be a part of what was going on and that God was doing. And that if we wanted to be a part of that, we were not going to continue a relationship with those people. So it's losing yeah. your best friends and staying in something. I don't know. Yeah, it was, there was a lot going on. Yeah. And, and what, I mean, what was going on in your mind? I know that we've had some conversation about. Well, I think it just at that <laughs> point, it, it, at that point in our life, in our marriage and in our church experience, it felt we were totally stuck and we were never going to be able to leave. Um, I think at this point there were things there, there was a point where we loved everything about the church, right? That we, our experiences were incredible. Um, the good experiences definitely outweighed the bad. <clears throat> but at this point, we were desperate for a change, but did not know how God could make that happen because we were told we could not leave. We couldn't, if, if we were to leave, we would be, we would not be the, the remnant, <laughs> the chosen, you know, whatever, um, we basically would be forfeiting everything we'd given up for four to yeah, five years, yeah. four to six years for me. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, truly a spiritually abusive situation. Um, and there really was no way out. There was, we were so intertwined with businesses and debt and everything was just so deep that we couldn't just escape. You know, we had our names on leases and, um, yeah, you'll learn about that later. <laughs> just so many things. Some we, suggestions we were, for you young people. <laughs> Don't go sign on lease we when no one else has credit. <laughs> later, later. Um, we were just extremely trapped. It was an extremely trapped feeling for quite a while, um, but nothing that we could really discuss. We couldn't discuss that we were feeling this way because um, there was so much fear involved and we could not be questioning this lifestyle because what if someone found out what if the pastor found out we were questioning this lifestyle um so to have friends you know these these two friends were two of just a, a small handful of friends that joined the church with us that you know had normal backgrounds we went to the church together they you know had normal upbringings and um we knew them for a while before the church, so there was a trust in them in their life, and and for them to decide to leave was, um, it, it felt like I, f- I remember feeling so like jealous, you know, like oh my gosh they're gonna like they're gonna try and do it. Um, I also felt like scared, and there was also just such a sense of loss that I wasn't gonna be continuing in this like very tight-knit family of a church with them anymore. So um, I think, yeah, I think there was such despair that, wow, God really did speak to them. Like, why won't he speak to us about getting us out? Like, we're so unhappy. How can this be right? This can't be right anymore. Yeah. And I know, so I, with in the midst of all this, I come out of the bedroom and I'm like, Carly, I think God spoke to me. <laughs> I don't I don't know how this all works, but this is what happened. And I think I need to listen to you. But let's go to church, you know, like <laughs> let's, let's uh, we you know, but I saw 
We talked before. Church, we we did we? talk yeah. a little bit before about the situation and what I felt. Well, the verse and everything else, and all of a sudden I saw some life come back into her because bottom line is I don't think we want to like overstate where we were in despair, but I thought many times driving home with never having conversations with Carly at my job that the only way she would be happy is if she wasn't with me. And I never talked to her about this, and I never said, Carly, I wish I could make this better. I could be a better person and a better husband and be there for you and, you know, be emotionally available and all these things because I just didn't know that. You know, there was, a, there was a skewed viewpoint of what being a man and leading a household looked like. And I thought the only way she'll be happy is if she's not with me. And it made me so sad because I loved her. And I wanted her to be happy, but I didn't think there was any way that I could do it in our current situation. So after the Lord gave you that verse, you came in and talked to me, and you and what did you ask me? I said, can you survive being here? Mm-hmm. And my response was, it was hard to even think it through. You'd think <laughs> like my, like without even hesitation, I'd be like, no, no, run for the hills. Let's get the F out of here. But... I really had to think it through because there was so much fear in the even even the thought of leaving um, that my response was, I know that I could probably stay here. Like I, I do, I, I feel like if we decided to stay, God would give me the strength to do it, but I don't want to, and it's not the right thing. And remember I had told you that the only way I felt like I could get out of this situation was if we were to divorce. Yeah. And you said, all right, we are (laughs) leaving this church. (laughs) Well, you got to look at it as, and it's hard. I think this is a weird conversation for us sometimes because you never want to look at the person that you married and that you love and think there was a reality in your mind that maybe the only way one person would be happy as if there was a divorce and in the midst of trying to serve Jesus. Yeah, I mean, like everything we were like doing, we were, we were not trying like to do the right irresponsible. Thing. We weren't in different ways, you know, but we weren't, we weren't out like sinning and doing this crazy stuff and drinking and smoking and having all these adulterous relationships. Like we were trying to serve Jesus and I didn't, my wife and I never thought she'd be happy. And that sucks. Yeah. Well, it, and you weren't happy. Hard. You, you well, weren't happy I, I either. Was, no. <laughs> That's a whole different story. <laughs> <laughs> but I was truly like unhappy in our marriage. Yeah. And um and that piece of it because we didn't really have one. We didn't have a relationship. We didn't have any sort of connection. Um yeah. and our our ways of of communicating like there was no there was we learned nothing. There was no premarital. There was no um, there was no ability to exercise the, the things you do when you're newly married yeah. and in communication and all of those things. We truly didn't know how to do any of it. Yeah. So and we're taught not to. Y- yes. That was the worst all part. Of, all of the above. <laughs> so anyway, we have that discussion. Then we go to church and there was a, our head pastor wasn't at church, which for multiple reasons and You'll learn about that later, but 
um, one of the associates was there. Was like, look, this is what God. I, this is what I read. Like, I don't know. You were telling him this. what? Yeah, what to think about this? And he goes, well, it seems like a no brainer that God's speaking to you about this. And I said, yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we went through the church service, and I think it was such a weird church service for both of us that we were both like, I don't fit here anymore. Yeah. Like for something you've given your life, not just we. Again, we weren't just in church and we weren't right. just in ministry. We had given everything. Yes. Everything. Our lives, our time, our money, our energy. Everything. Yes. And our, our emotions, everything. And we walked out of that church and we drove home and there was this strange feeling in the car. And we kind of looked at each other and and we we made the decision that night. And and at that point, the the stuff hit the fan. <laughs> and you'll hear about that at the end of the story, but just to give you context about where we were in our life right there, I think it's important that we start at that moment when we were at the biggest point of despair and heartbreak, and God spoke to a dumb man <laughs> and <laughs> said, listen to your wife, <laughs> in the midst of being in ministry. And, and that's where the point of where our life had come to a head. And again, after that point, some crazy things happened. And before that point, you guys are going to listen, hopefully, to a story that is intriguing enough for you to continue to listen to. <laughs> and say, I'm sure there's certain times when you'll say, wow, those guys are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, we say that about ourselves <laughs> often. <laughs> and there's certain times, I think, where you'll hopefully have a little bit of pity and mercy in certain times well you'll look and you'll see the power of God and the redemption and grace and amazingness of him and certain times when you'll see the depravity of human nature and sin now that we uh, have heard that we'll go back to the point of where we met um, give you a brief history maybe of of ourselves and our own lives and where we came from and then come to the point of where we met and um how the whole story started so we'll start a little bit with myself i was born and raised in christian home um obviously there was some things that went up and down in my life that i think affected it in in certain ways don't want to go into a lot of that but um, i think some of it will come up as as we talk through the story um but i came to college and, and I ran track and played football and was successful in both and that by the time I was a junior uh, I think I was at a point where I really just wanted more of God and was desperate for him and going into the the spring semester of my junior year I'd ran track for two years I wasn't sure if I was going to do it again and um, one of my buddies said hey you know there's a uh, some pretty attractive freshman girls that are running track this year and I decided I wasn't going to do it because I was good, but I wasn't great, and I was I was really good at football. And um, I thought, well, there's some attractive girls, and maybe I'll give it one more shot. And <laughs> sure enough, Carly was one of those attractive girls. Um, but that that winter, I'd gone home, and you know, just I I think just hit kind of a, a low point in my life, and um, of just not having all of God that I wanted, and make some decisions that that weren't great and I, I think were 
actually bad. <laughs> um, and I came back that semester and was just really empty inside, just longing for something better, longing for something greater, and longing for more of God and a true reality of who he was. I grew up in a really religious home, like I said, but it was very religion-oriented, and I think I was ready to really take it on for myself and, and see what God had for me, and that's when I was running track, and I saw a young, beautiful, curly-haired, haired, brown, curly-haired... A brunette. Brunette. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. And Carly, how'd you get to this point? Um, I mean, similar, I grew up in a Christian home, a great home, um, and uh, went to private school my whole life, you know, so I, I knew the Bible, and I was a good kid, a good person, and um, you made, you know, made fairly good choices in my life, and, um, yeah, I, uh, you know, but same sort of thing, I, I, it, I think it was easy to kind of be half in and half out, and, um, it just, it was becoming such a repetitive lifestyle, and I really wanted to really be all in for the first time, and, um, yeah, I didn't really know what that looked like or what that meant, but, um, I just, that's, I, I had wanted that, um, I also ran track in college, um, which is where Ben and I met. And in the ice bath. <laughs> we did not meet in the ice bath. That was <laughs> not the first time we met. Um, but yeah, same same sort of thing. Just wanting more. I was a freshman. You were a junior, um, and just kind of it was a new a new slate. Wanted a just kind of a new experience with God, going into college, and um, yeah. So we met. Um, you basically had all of the girls gawking over you at all times. I don't know about that. And I was not interested in giving you the time of day. I liked you. I thought you were a nice guy. I thought you were attractive. Um. But you were surprised the first time you met me. I was because you were white and I thought you were black. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were black because you played football and... The running back's name is usually announced over the speaker, and so it was Ben buys on the carry. Ben buys this. Ben buys that. Ben buys up the middle, and Ben buys for touchdown. And I just assumed you were black, and you were not. You were white. Yeah, <laughs> that I was think, okay, I guess. Yeah, I think the first time she saw me running around the track, I had my shirt off, and <laughs> obviously I was in great shape. But I think probably it was a very stark contrast because I was probably very white at the time <laughs> without a shirt on. So, oh yes, yes. Um, so I think I, I think I literally said, "Oh, you're Ben Buys." <laughs> I think that is actually. Oh my gosh, you're Ben Buys! <laughs> wow, I did not picture that. <laughs> not in a bad way, you know. It just, I, I just was completely shocked. <laughs> thrown off. Totally thrown off. Um, but yeah, you had. I was not interested in kind of giving you the attention that you were so used to having and I really thought you were stuck up and into yourself um, because you were a very good football player. You were kind of quiet, standoffish, um, and you, you wish you still kind of are. <laughs> and, Give it up for the introverts. <laughs> and you came off as just r- kind of rude and that you just didn't... Well, the story's going great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I didn't... I wasn't going to give you the attention. You, you, you had so much attention. I didn't want to be another girl that was giving you all the attention. And I thought you were stuck up, all of these things. So I just was, you know, I thought you were 
nice of what I knew of you. And, um, that was it. I wasn't going to bat an eyelash and, uh, you were not okay with that. You, for the first time, like had to actually pursue somebody and that was intriguing for you, right? Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I think it's an experience that we're, we're called to do is, is really go and chase after something that's beautiful. So, <laughs> I don't know, I'm sorry. So cheesy. <laughs> but I know that, you know, we, we end up meeting track and then Carly had been a part of a Bible study and, um, on campus, on campus. And a, a lot of people invited me to that Bible study and finally I had said no to everyone. <laughs> and finally she invited me and I thought, well, this might be the best way <laughs> to spend some time with her. <laughs> Um, and win her. <laughs> so, I, so I, I would. I had a deep desire for God, but I also thought she was really pretty, and <laughs> wanted to go to Bible study where she was going to Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> so we we became friends. I mean, we were running track every day together. So we became friends for several months before we actually started dating, and um, that was a really good thing for us. That yeah. was great that we didn't just jump into something right away, but we kind of got to know each other a little bit, um, you know, as friends. And, um, you know, we were both at the point where we really wanted to, we were really trying to seek God for the first time on who we should date and that it was really, it was really important to involve God in that decision. And that was new for us and we didn't really know how to navigate that. And, (laughs) um, but we knew we liked each other and, um, yeah, just, it was, it was uh, kind of a scary conversation, I guess, more so for you. Yeah. So we we'd been friends, and the Bible study we went to ended up being. Um, neither of us are from very charismatic backgrounds, but the Bible study was pretty charismatic, and mm-hmm. it was a uh, a little out of the comfort zone of both of us. But it was in, in a in a good way, and I think we saw God real, real. Mm-hmm. I did at least for the first time in my life I felt him moving and working and thought he actually knew me and had a plan Mm -hmm. and was speaking to my life and it was amazing Um, but with that I think there was a little bit we were being mentored at the time there was a little bit of over rules and control that went on so it was like we had to be friends with someone for a couple months before we dated them so we'd been friends and Carly always hung out with another friend that was on the track team and (laughs) I kept thinking, do you actually like me, or do you just want to keep hanging out together? (laughs) Why is this girl always here? Um, But I'd made a decision that I really liked her, and uh, one time I went to Bible study, I said, look, if she's here and she walks out with me, I'm going to tell her that I like her. And I never had to do this without knowing someone liked me. And um, she left early, and I thought, oh, thank God. (laughs) But sure enough, when I was leaving, somehow she forgot something and came back in and we walked out together and I said, hey, can we talk? And we walked around the track of the school and I laid my heart on the line. Um, Obviously nothing too crazy, like I love you or anything, but I really told her I liked her and I appreciated her and I thought that this would be a good thing in our life and that we could both see God while learning to know each other and all these other things. I said, could you pray about this and see if it, (laughs) see if maybe you're feeling the same thing and, um, to me, it felt like a 
10 minute. And what did you expect me to say? Like, I'll go, pr- yeah, I'm going to pray about I it and then I'll come back in a week and tell you. Yes, that's what I expected. Really? Yeah, you would have been okay I, with that? Well, that's what I said. We, we really didn't officially start until a week later, even though we kind of came up with a resolution. Don't you remember that? Yeah, that just we is had so another conversation stupid when I think back about it. It's just so stupid. Oh, man. Um, but anyway, I laid my heart on the line, and then she was quiet. For a split second, which felt like an eternity to you, I get My it. knees were shaking. I was sweating. I felt you like I was going to gonna down, throw up. You said, is it okay I if I sit, sit down? down? You said. Yeah. And I said, I like you, too. Um, and, and again, we were, you know, really wanting to do the right thing and not just date anybody. Um, so... Yeah, so that was kind of the first time that we were both just really intentional with each other and, you know, wanted to set boundaries and really just start a relationship off on the right foot, you know, and that was really important for us and um, wanted to honor God in that way. And, and yeah, so that was, that was the start of our dating relationship. So we attended this Bible study. We were part of the leadership team, this Bible study, um, there was an adjunct professor that was the main leader, right? I guess you'd say. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and we had quite a following at the school with this Bible study. Um, again, it was different. It was considered a club on campus, and it was different than any sort of church experience that most of us that were attending had had. Like I, like we had said, charismatic, um, and really just a lot of like truth being spoken into our lives that we just hadn't heard in those ways. Um, and it felt, I don't know if it's because we were in college and young and impressionable, which absolutely all those things, but, (laughs) um, it just felt so real for the first time. And we truly were experiencing God in ways we never had before. Like it was very real. And, um, I mean, I, you know, we would just like, journal forever and like just felt like I was always hearing God speak to me and um yeah it was a really intense yet there's a lot of growth in our life during that time yeah, for was. sure like it was with, a lot. without a doubt well I think that's the crazy thing as we continue to talk through this is that there can be areas of such great growth and such great maybe disparity in the truth mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. Maybe that's a way to say it, you know, because it's not like that Bible study was horrible, but there were some things about it that in the end. <clears throat> we're very manipulative. Yeah. And a little bit overbearing and controlling mm-hmm. instead of the freedom that Christ mm-hmm. gives. Or or maybe even, you know, there, there's a lot of relationships that were harmed in our life. Yeah. From being thinking you're spiritually superior for yeah. some reason which is well, just really such what it, bs that's really I mean, what it did to us is it really you know it, it was nothing we could ever admit at the time you know right yeah, like it wasn't until embarrassing. It, well yeah there's a lot of embarrassing things about this <laughs> yeah story. that's i guess not the most but, embarrassing um, thing. but yeah we were definitely um spiritually elite and you know knew more than a lot of people and we kind of lived like that and walked around campus that way and it was you know we weren't we weren't very like outwardly judgmental but we were definitely judgmental in 
the sense of, oh, if you're not getting what's going on at this Bible study, then like, do you really know God? <laughs> How stupid is like, that? Seriously, but, like what biblically, who did Jesus get the most mad at as the Pharisees that were just like that? Like, <laughs> what, do we just not read the Bible? I don't know. But again, like this was very mild and really, yeah. we really wanted to seek the Lord and we, and we were seeking God. Yeah, like we had doubt. great intentions and all of that. And, um, it was, this was such a small scale, um, compared to when we began going to the church. Um, it kind of was a good segue into <laughs> the church. <laughs> it was our gateway drug. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess when, when you look at us and, you know, we dated for a year and a half before I moved to L.A., right? Yeah, because that was about a year and a half. Yeah. And I graduated. And when I graduated, we've been dating a year and a half, and I'm, I moved to L.A., We've been dating for two years when I graduated. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I went to school for five years. Yeah. Doesn't really matter, but No, anyways. yeah, sorry. Um, so I was still in school. You moved to L.A. I moved to L.A. That's where our church was. That's where our church was, and for that year we were apart, and I think that's where we'll wrap it up for tonight. Um, we got something special coming up after this, the final four. A four or five. <laughs> the final four or five. <laughs> it's the final four. If we want it to be five, it'll be five. But uh, it's the final four. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna ask a question to each other every week. There'll be one question, not mm-hmm. to each other. There'll be one question every week at the end of the episode where um, we make a list of the top four things. Of the top four things of something. At that point. Not tell each other what we're writing down, and we'll share those things, and it'll be a surprise to both of us. And there'll be a lot of truth and a lot of humor, and it will be great. Never in my life I think you were capable of so many details. Like, truly get the hook. Carly's a detail queen. I am, but you are, like, so long-winded. <laughs> this is the preacher in me. It is. Gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry, world. The Final Four. Well, thank you for that introduction. <laughs> so the question this week is our top four favorite dates, correct? Yeah. Okay. So would you like me to start or yeah, would you like yeah. to start? Go ahead and start. Okay. So I will give one and then you'll give yours and we'll go back and forth, correct? Yep. Okay. So in no particular order, um, one of my top dates was on our honeymoon in the Cook Islands, the burger joint that we would go to oh. several times. So good. I don't even remember what was so good about those burgers other than the fact that they had beets on them. And eggs. And a fried egg, you're right. But it had some other sauce on it that made it so good and taste so different than just a regular American burger. And you know how I feel about sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, saucy McSauster. I love a good sauce. Um, Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Man, that wasn't We went there several times. We rode our little moped to get 
burgers at that little joint in the Cook Islands. That was a great one. No, those burgers were delicious. I thought for sure you were going to say the luau with our feet in the sand. Wasn't a luau? When we were riding, all the bugs got in our mouth when we were driving that night. (laughs) That was also a great memory. (laughs) Okay, you go ahead. My turn? Okay. Um, Mine would be our first date. One of them. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Yeah, so um, our first date was, I guess, kind of a dare. I don't know if it was a dare. It was an awkward first date because (laughs) someone said, well, I think I told Carly, well, you're not doing anything on Valentine's Day. Why why don't we just go out? And then she said something like, well, maybe we will. And then... It was the classic case of the next week. (laughs) I didn't know if he really (laughs) was going to be taking me out, if he was serious or not, and it felt weird to bring it back up. Yeah, so we ended up going out. And we weren't really dating at the time, but it was our first, like, real date. And um, surprise, surprise, it was Valentine's Day when we went out for the first time. Are you telling the whole story? Just just quick. Okay. A couple snid... Snidbits? (laughs) (laughs) Tidbits. We went out, and um, I... uh, Apparently didn't know it was going to be really busy on Valentine's <laughs> night, so we went to a bunch of Classy. restaurants, and all of them were like an hour and a half wait. And they weren't like Morton's. I mean, it was like Olive Garden. <laughs> so, um, Lucky me. <laughs> <laughs> we ended up going to Chipotle. I, I suggested Chipotle because I said, hey, we have this in Colorado. It's really great. And then she'd never been, so we went there. We ended up going to Chipotle, and when we got up there, the lady at the counter said, if you kiss and we take a picture of you kissing, your burritos are free. And my response was... It's up to her. It's up to her. <laughs> <laughs> and the lady at the counter didn't give us a choice. She said, one, two, three, held up the camera. So we kissed. That was our first kiss. And, uh... Yep. What can I say? I'm a cheap date. Yeah. it was, And it was so great because, uh... She didn't give me a hard time about not having plans or anything. It was, and it was a really fun date. It was, it was awesome. And we... Go to Chipotle every Valentine's Day since then. Yep. It was a good memory. Okay. Okay, so my second one, um, mine are mostly around food. (laughs) (laughs) I think mine are too. That was the only one that wasn't. Um, Was in La Jolla one time we went to the cottage, that place that has the cinnamon bread outside while you wait because it's always such a long wait. And um, we've been there twice, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I've got the same thing both times, but it's like the perfect little setting, this cute little cottage. I think we've gone in the summer both times, so the weather's perfect in La Jolla. It's always a long wait, but it was before we had kids, so it wasn't a big deal. I remember thinking it was a big deal then, and now (laughs) we'd like never wait an hour for (laughs) a restaurant. Um, We sat outside, and it's like one of the best breakfasts ever. I had like a polenta benedict with goat cheese hollandaise. Oh, my gosh. So good. That was a great I don't really remember what you had, but it was equally as delicious. Yeah. Most likely an omelet. But... (laughs) You are the king of omelets for (laughs) breakfast. (laughs) But we had great bread waiting. Yeah, that bread was so good while we waited. That was was a very good memory. Yeah. Um, My second one would be when we were in Los Barriles. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) 
<laughs> Why are you laughing? Because that accent was just... We went to a taco, one of the taco shops we went to, and I just remember having such a fun time. It was a great time yeah, between great us. Place. and The tacos were good, but I think more than that, we were just on our own in the middle of Mexico. and <laughs> um, It was a great trip. So that was my second on to your third. Um, well, our New York trip, our second New York trip, which we went for our 10-year anniversary yeah. two years ago. Everything about that trip was awesome. Yes. We love New York. So yes. many great memories for us. We heart it. <laughs> <laughs> we do heart NY. Um, so many wonderful places and memories so there. Many. Let um, me just guess. You're probably going to have the same ones as me, so go ahead. Okay. Jacob's Pickles. Oh, my, yes. <laughs> that was on my list, folks. What an incredible <laughs> <laughs> meal, breakfast, lunch. I don't know what you call it. I think it kept us full most Yeah, I think it was the, the only thing we ate all day. Almost. Yeah. Unbelievable. And we went towards the end of our trip. We had several recommendations from friends of places to go, and we hit most of the places, and every place we went was really great. And this place was on the Upper West Side. And it lived so up to the hype. If you ever go to New York, you need to go there. They, I, I will never forget that meal. I know. They're known for <laughs> their biscuits. And um, it's like southern food, but they have pickles with all their meals. And several types of pickles. Spicy pickles, sour pickles. Um, yeah, I don't know other a, kinds, but yeah, <laughs> or other it, it kinds. Was, yeah, it was, I mean, we had an assorted pickle plate yeah. as an appetizer. Yes. And, like, crazy biscuits. And, and several types of, like, jams and honeys to put over your, the biscuits and fried chicken with it. It just was delectable. It was delightful. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun, fun experience yeah. to just experience that, that meal and... Just being there the whole trip was so great, but that was one of the highlights of the trip for sure. Without a doubt. Well, that was on my list, so I'll have to pull one out of the woodworks here. No, we can um, have the same. That's okay. fine. Yeah. Um, so my next one. So your final one, actually. My right? final one, but I've got it. I have an additional one that we can add to the end since you stole mine. Um, would be um, your 30th birthday downtown. That was really fun. We went to the sausage place. Mm-hmm. Reverse scriptures. Yeah, that one, and uh, then we met some of your friends, and it was that that was just really fun. Yeah, it was a fun night. Night downtown, downtown Los Angeles, and Truman we was kids. six months. Yeah, Truman was six oh, wow. months. Remember, we, we came had, home. Oh yeah. We got home at like one thirty a.m. My parents watched Truman at the house. <laughs> he was awake. He was awake <laughs> at one thirty, sitting on the couch with them watching TV. Uh, I thought. Oh my gosh, this is terrible. We, we are never going out again. <laughs> but we survived. To all the young parents out there, you will survive. <laughs> that was a fun but night. But that was a really fun night. And um, I think just a different, you know, environment and yeah. everything else. It was really fun. Yeah, it was and, fun. Uh, and you love sausages and hot dogs. So I thought it was a great birthday present. <laughs> I really do. You're right. It was, it was fun. It was really fun. Yeah, All we right. went to the perch after that. Yeah, the perch. For Jess's that was 30th. Really fun. Yeah. Yep. That's another friend, so it was fun. All right, my final one um, was for our anniversary last year. We went to Gabby's, and 
not only great food, but just such a fun night. I felt like uh, Tate was just a couple months old. That's right. And my parents watched the kids. We were able to get a dinner by ourselves and um, dinner and dessert we got by ourselves. That's right. And that was fun to just have conversation and laugh with each other and had great, great meal, obviously. Yeah. Gabby's, gosh, so good. So good. And, um, yeah, it just that was a fun night. Lots of humor and just enjoying each other, I felt like. And um, It was our first time out with when we had two kids, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, like, like on a real date. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. And that's it, I guess. Well, I'll, so, I'll have one more. Since, oh, yeah, yeah. Since, sorry, okay. sorry. Um, and I don't remember the name of this place. And it was so I'm long sure ago. You might not remember, but is when we were first married within the first couple of years in the place in Manhattan Beach, right by the beach. Yeah, Man- Man- Manhattan Beach Post. No, 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 right no before... not that place. We we went there after we had kids. The no, pl- that the, was like, right the before Italian we had Truman. Place. When we were first married and we lived down there in Los Angeles, and then we walked on the beach together and we have that picture in our room. Oh, yeah. It was like on Green Street. Yeah. In Redondo, right? And it was, it was Redondo, yeah. yeah. And it was a tiny little place, but it was yes. right by the beach, and that was the time of life we never got out together. Yes. And we walked on the beach together afterwards, and wow, I it totally was just forgot about such that place. a good memory to me, yeah. I think one of the only good memories of those first few years when we were actually out together, <laughs> yeah. just you and I. Wow, I totally forgot about that. That was, yeah, that was fun, walking on the beach. and That was always fun. We didn't get to do that very often, but... That was. That was a good one. That was right. a really old one, too. That was really, really old. old. Pulled that right out of the attic. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought for sure... Um, I thought for sure one of yours was going to be um, our Taco Bell dates. When you'd used to get <laughs> the taquitos and try to convince yourself they were healthy. Literally, we would go to Taco Bell for dinner sometimes, right? Like, yeah. we'd be coming home from church, or this was, like, first year of our marriage. First we, year this of is, marriage. That's when first, we were like, on six Carnegie. months of our marriage, yeah. We'd go to Taco Bell. You'd get your Mountain Dew Okay. Baja we, Blast. We would get an Right, but it was, large. like, your thing, though. Like, Mountain Dew, Baja Blast. It was like your thing. You would get the chicken taquitos that were like this new thing at the time. They don't have them anymore. And you used to tell me and tell yourself that they were like healthy. Why did you think that? <laughs> no, I need to know why you thought that because I would try to tell you that they weren't. And it was like a legitimate argument we would get into that you thought these were healthy things. I have no idea. I, it was, first of all... Taco Bell, what's healthy about that? Right. Secondly, My point it, it exactly. was rolled up fake chicken meat with some cheese. Fried. And fried. Yeah, right. I don't know why I thought. But you I were... know, I don't know if it, I think it was lightly fried, maybe. Like, it wasn't, I, I don't know. Either I way, I guess I, it's a good memory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised it didn't make your top four, but <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. So that's, that's it for. That's it. We'll see you next time. Me. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on Biography. Please subscribe or leave a comment. And if you have questions or want to open up a discussion, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Biography. See you next time.